listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Chris. And we are back for a bonus episode. We're going to review Ant-Man and the Wasp today. It's a big movie, but just two of us here. You know, it's summer. We couldn't all get together, but Chris is back from vacation. Yes. uh, Ready to dive right into this movie, and we are so excited. Before we dive into that review, we wanted to take a second. Since it's it's summer, there's a lot to see, a lot to watch, and, and usually a lot more time to do those things. So I just want to hear uh, what you've been watching. Yeah. So uh, l- let me pass it off to you, man. What have you been watching lately uh, that maybe our, our listeners should check out? So you and our listeners may be aware of the fact that I do another podcast on again, off again with your yeah. brother. And uh, so Star Trek Discovery, we usually do like a recap show. And I've been missing my sci-fi over the last several months mm. because Discovery went off the air. It's you know in the you know in between season one and season two right now, and I've been hearing a lot about this show called The Expanse uh, that it was mm. it was canceled by Sci-Fi uh, after its third season, but very quickly picked up by Amazon for its fourth season. And so I thought, well, if Amazon thinks that it's valuable enough, there's a big enough fan base, and also that it's a quality enough show that it should continue. I think Sci-Fi canceled it because it was so expensive to produce. I figured I might as well go ahead and try it. So over the last, I don't know, two or three weeks, I've been watching very steadily uh, The Expanse. I'm on season two, just started season two. I think I'm in like the third or the fourth episode of season two. And I am, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. Have you watched The Expanse? Have you heard about the show? I've heard of it, okay. uh, but no, I haven't watched any. You know, t- to be perfectly honest, sci-fi, yeah. like the channel sci-fi, yes. usually those shows just don't work for me. I agree. Uh, I I'm I'm biased against them, I think. Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? No, I haven't. Tyler keeps telling me that I need to watch it because that's like one of his favorites of all time. Yeah, I think Battlestar Galactica was the last great show that that network produced. And, you know, I haven't seen anything near that quality over the last, I don't know, five, six years. I mean, it's been a long time. The Expanse is not there, but it is still a very good quality show. It doesn't feel like a network show. It doesn't feel like what you'd consider like a Sharknado or any of that kind of really poor production quality stuff that sci-fi is kind of known for. Um, This is actually really well done. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. So The Expanse, I think I'll probably talk more specifically about that on our other podcast if you're interested in that. And my thoughts, I'm kind of talking, I'm going to be talking back and forth with Tyler about that and hopefully discussing a little bit more of that. Yeah. I finished uh, Westworld season two, of course, mm-hmm. that just finished. That was wonderful. Wait, let's pause right there and talk sure. about that. Probably, please. So, yeah, I just finished that last week as yes. well. Uh, my wife and I kind of binged, binged that whole season. So here's the deal. Here's my thing with Westworld. Yeah. It is some of the height of the craft of television. I mean, it is impeccably crafted, gorgeous uh, yes. Amazing cinematography, amazing performances. Jeffrey Wright is just amazing in that show. I hope he wins the Emmy uh, for his performance. I mean, because he is just phenomenal, as, as, and a bunch of other people are excellent too. Yeah. But this season was really overly complex. I, I'm all for you know complex storytelling, but it was kind of veering into convoluted territory for me. Mm. Do, do you feel that at all? Yeah, I think you know some some of the needless 
it felt a little bit Dunkirky for me, where that you know it felt mm, yes, just the the, the 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 actual storytelling itself was needlessly complicated. The story yeah. itself was not did not need to be that complicated, and it really didn't add anything to it. Right, but I still think the show itself. And the way it was told was still quite interesting. It kept me very interested in in the story and where they're headed and where they're going, the questions that it raises and all that kind of stuff. I just deeply, deeply enjoy. But I understand we it's needlessly dense. It's needlessly yeah. uh, opaque where they could have cut through a little bit of that. And I think people would have enjoyed the the journey a little bit more. Yeah, that's my thing is like I, I honestly so much went over my head. I genuinely, a lot of, after most episodes, I would be like, now what, what exactly happened? And I would go look up a recap, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I was like, I don't, I, it was awesome, but what happened, you know? Right. So, um, I don't know. It's still a great show. I obviously recommend it, but uh, it's just, it is, it is pretty dense, pretty complex. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with you. It, it needlessly so, and in some places, but there, that still, I think is, is a worthwhile, just like you mentioned, it is a worthwhile show to yeah. watch because it is at the pinnacle of, it's the height of television. Yeah. Do you know it what really I mean? It really is. Yeah. yeah. Very much that and Game of Thrones. HBO is doing some things that nobody else is doing. Let's see here. What else? Have I, I've got a couple other things on my list. I'll go through real quick. I just started Goliath season two. Did you ever watch Goliath on? I never did. Okay. Billy Bob Thornton, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. We, Melody and I, my wife and I really enjoy the first season and so we started the second season it it is weird there's some weird stuff (laughs) happening in that show and we're going to keep watching it but it's definitely strange Uh, we're also watching the americans for the very first time did you watch the americans too oh good really yeah well uh, well, i mean we kind of took a break to watch westworld and a couple other things but we had like just made it to season three we're like one one or two episodes into season three okay we're not quite there yet i think we're not even actually finished with season one we're st- we're very okay. we're going very very slowly and honestly yeah. i'm uh, i'm having a hard time with it man i'm just me too it's, yeah it's just not <laughs> i it's keep real slow yeah and it, no, no I mean, it just feels like i'm not exactly sure things are happening that i'm that i want to continue watching it but anyway so we've from, kind of, from what I hear, from what I've been told, season three is where it really takes off and becomes, you know, one, one, an amazing series. That's what people have told me. How so, many seasons are there? It just ended, I believe the seventh season was its last one. Oh my gosh. Maybe six six or seven, I believe, yeah. All right, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right. But really, know. that's everybody Everybody that I've talked to who loves that show says once it hits season three, those last seasons are, are incredible. So, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll keep... I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I just I'm not I'm not feeling it. It just it just feels like you said, very very slow, not a whole lot happening. Yeah. It, it almost feels a victim of its um setting <laughs> where it's like sure. it, it wants to tell another story but it's like, "Oh no, I can't really do go into that view into that." And the last thing I will mention is that Ready Player 1 came out on oh. digital and I've been watching the special features and I want to make movies so <laughs> bad. When you hear Steven Spielberg talk about like the art of filmmaking, and just the actors that work with him and the joy that they have and all I just I literally just get goosebumps watching the special features I just want to make movies I just want to do that so badly so I'm really enjoying the visual the the special features on uh, on Ready Player One. Oh, I need to pick that up that's still one of my favorites of the year yeah me too it's just so much fun man it's yeah. it's it's not a it's not like the gonna win an Oscar by any means yeah but it is just so much fun 
It is, dude. That's 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 probably one of the most fun I've had in the theater. Not the best movie I've seen in the theater. No, no. But it's one of the most one of, one of the funnest experiences I've had in a long time in the theater. Totally, totally agree with you. And yes, it is worth if you enjoy making movies and enjoy watching people enjoy making movies. <laughs> oh man, Ready Player One is it, man? The special features, anyway. They've got I don't know. I think maybe two and a half hours of special features Dang. that is just it's worth watching. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff too. So, like I said, so Ready Player One is not my my favorite movie of the year. It's in my top five from the first half of the year. But I did just see what is my favorite movie of the year so far. Yeah. That is American Animals. Have you heard of American Animals? I, you know, I've heard of it, but I don't know nothing about it. So tell me, what is what is it about, Daniel? I, I'm not going to tell you much about oh, it no. because I, I actually went in pretty blind uh, okay. and and freaking loved it. And so all, all I'll really say is it, it was a Sundance hit. Um, it stars Evan Peters, uh, Barry Keoghan, a couple other uh, a couple other guys. Did you ever see The Imposter? The the documentary? Yes. Oh this is yes. The same. This is the same director. Oh, I'm sold. Don't tell me anything yes. else. Yes. Oh. So that's so. Yes, this movie is it's it's so funny, but also thrilling and impactful, um, and and utterly fascinating. Uh, it combines documentary and narrative filmmaking like I've never seen before, um, and it blew me away. So yeah, that's that's all I'll say. It's amazing. You really need to seek this one out. It's it's a smaller movie. Okay. Um, interestingly, Movie Pass actually it's one of the Movie Pass ventures. They've started kind of. Uh, helping finance movies a little bit, and this is one of theirs. Uh, and, wait, 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 and, hang, on, it, hang on, hang on. Movie Pass has money enough yes. to. <laughs> to <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think they do. No, <laughs> but but they're doing it. So, oh yeah. boy! Oh uh, boy! But, but I don't care because uh, it was worth it for this movie. It, it, it really, really is just incredible. It really blew me away. So highly recommend you try to find that while it's still in theaters. Because and that's a, that's Ameri- American Animals, right? American Animals. That's right. Okay. I feel like we should have a doomsday clock set up for movie pass. Like, where is it? <laughs> really? Is it like at 1158? Where is, where is, how many minutes until midnight? <laughs> Did you see the peak pricing thing? Yes, dude. Oh, yeah. hey, well, yeah. honestly, that doesn't bother me too much because I can, you know, I don't really see movies with movie pass at that time anyway. I sometimes do, not often. I just, I, so, yeah. I just don't. If I'm gonna go see a movie at peak time, I'm gonna pay for it and actually choose my seat uh, with right. this other theater that I enjoy. And so for me, that doesn't bother me a whole lot. It's just knowing that they're kind of changing, changing the rules as they go, which is a little disconcerting. But oh well, yeah. we know it's not gonna last, so we might as well enjoy yeah. it while it is here. Yep, I agree. Uh, we need to do a full deep dive onto that and talk about it later on. Talk about AMC's new thing. Yeah. Oh yes. We need to talk about all of this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. We'll, yeah. We'll do that on a later episode. I agree. So another movie I've been watching, uh, or I, that I saw earlier this summer, is Hearts Beat Loud. It's another movie from Sundance, um, and this it's just it, it's such a, a fun movie. It's this year's Sing Street. Did you ever watch Sing Street a couple I, years ago? I have not, man. I've tried to get oh, my man. wife to watch it so many times, and we just I don't know. We just oh, she'd love it. I know. She she would and i would too but you know, we just haven't gotten there we, we will so this is just this has nothing to do with sing street it's just kind of similar uh, 
in, in kind of tone. It's just, it's a kind of a light, fun movie with a lot of amazing music. Uh, it's just about a father and daughter who kind of start up a band and make some music. And it, it's, it's real simple, but it's so just charming. And the music is awesome. It's really catchy. I've been listening to the album on repeat. I hope it picks up an original song nomination this year because really great. So that's a great movie. If you love music and love, you know, just light, you know, kind of family movies, it's great. Really good. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so those are kind of what I've been watching. I was going to talk about Westworld. We already nailed that, uh, and, and we've, we've been watching The Americans. So that's kind of what I've been watching this summer. We're going to do some uh, kind of a summer recap episode here soon where we talk about some of the other movies we've been watching. Like, I know Chad and I really want to talk about Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary. That is yes. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, did you see that one too? I, I have not, but I'm going to. I'm going to make yes. it a point to, to do that. But now now you've told me about this uh, American Animals, and I'm really <laughs> down because I love that documentary man it's probably yes. my favorite doc ever so yeah oh okay yeah you'll love it then you'll love it but yeah uh, and won't you be my neighbor is my second favorite movie of the year so far so those oh, are wow. the top two all right yeah yeah got to check them out later on we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about sicario 2 uh and just a few of these other movies that we've kind of missed uh, as we've been out for the summer but yeah. uh, stay tuned for that because there's plenty of awesome things to see there's another movie that we are going to talk about and that is ant-man and the wasp I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. I do some dumb things, and the people I love the most, they pay the price. Thanks to you, we had to run. We're still running. Let's go. Hold on. You gave her wings and blasters. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me. No, I did. All right, the IMDb description is, as Scott Lang balances between being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. That is the most I mean, there is no specifics in that at all. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, there's there's something happening involving the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, awesome. All right, well, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the sequel to Ant-Man that came out a few years ago. It stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, uh, Michael Douglas. Uh, my goodness, a whole cast. Uh, it is, it's a really uh, interesting cast. Lawrence Fishburne's mm. in there, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, it really is, it's really incredible. So... All right, let's go ahead and talk about this. Now, obviously, this is in the Marvel Universe, ladies and gentlemen. What's that? And something something minor occurred in the Marvel Universe a few months ago in a film. I think it's the largest film now of all time, right? The most money-making movie of all time. Oh, okay. It'll be there soon. I have no doubts. Um, So, you know, if you haven't seen that movie, there's not many spoilers here until we get into spoilers. But here's the bottom line is that this takes place before and like just slightly during those events. And so none of this really spoils anything that happened before. So there's not really any forward momentum as far as the Marvel universe goes. But of course, we're back with some characters that we really love. So Daniel, what did you think about Ant-Man and the Wasp? 
flashing back to Ant Man, uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. That was actually my first episode of Screeners. When was we it really? Ant-Man. It really was. Oh wow! Yeah. So this is uh, just throwing it back for me. It's great. What did you think uh, of Ant Man? I don't remember that episode. Uh, so so have to tell me. I don't think you fought me very much because I, you know, I was new. You you didn't know me back then, and <laughs> so uh, I I thought it was fine. I thought okay. it was just fine. I didn't I. Uh, didn't love it, didn't hate it. You know, it was just kind of perfectly enjoyable and not much more. Which leads me to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. That is my exact same opinion of Ant-Man and the Wasp. It ah. is perfectly fine, perfectly enjoyable, and nothing more. Uh, and nothing less, importantly. You know, here's the thing. I came out of the movie perfectly satisfied. So, so I, I want to make it very clear that I don't have a negative opinion of this movie. I feel, I, I worry that I'm going to sound like I do throughout this review, but I really don't have a negative opinion of this movie. It's just, it just kind of is what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's funny, but I didn't really laugh. It's got okay action, but nothing you haven't seen before. So it's just kind of Wait a minute. fine. You, you didn't laugh in this movie? Uh, a couple times, but no, okay. I mean, I, I didn't find it hilarious. You know, I I, I don't really remember laughing out loud. I, th- I but it was kind of funny sometimes. Um, and uh, so so that's the thing. It's just it's got a great cast. I, I love you know Paul Rudd is great, super charismatic. Think he's awesome. Evangeline Lilly did a great job. This is the first female superhero in the Marvel universe to lead have a title role which is pretty significant um and that's why we have two men reviewing it right here uh, <laughs> right exactly but, yeah but no uh I, so she was good i think she 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 did really great as the wasp uh michael pena i mean he is just he's amazing he's so he's a, good I he's a he's treasure he's, he's really a treasure is. i love his role so um but but other than that the plot is totally forgettable uh the villain is even worse uh just just really boring but you know it's still a marvel movie it's still fun and enjoyable and that's about it so you know it's almost like i don't have much to say about it i have very little negative things to say about it but i I don't have a ton to say because it was just kind of there and then and then it's gone what i appreciate about it i really appreciate the fact that it offers something different in the marvel universe um especially you know this is the third mcu movie we've had this year we had black panther which is you know kind of weighty and shakespearean and epic and morality driven and uh, then we have Infinity War, which is hugely epic. One of the, you know, just all this really dark themes. And then you have something different with Ant-Man, which I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but it just still feels light. You know, when we just had Infinity War and all of the, that ha- all that happened in that film, this one just feels a little underwhelming. But again, not bad. So I don't know. I'm just kind of in between on this movie. You know, it's lower tier Marvel for me, but even lower tier Marvel is still you know, really good. So I don't know. Kind of weird. I, 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 my opinion on this is kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I, I love this movie. Uh, hmm. this, this was exactly what I wanted. You know, if you're going to the film, if you're going to the theater to, uh, to be, you know, really just wrecked and, uh, you know, question some things and just really, you know, have some moral pro, you know, whatever, whatever, this is not that movie. If you're going sure. to the theater and you are interested in just having a blast, having a fun time, there is a scene in this movie that involves Paul Rudd's character being shrunken to a child size and walking around in a hoodie 
that I could not stop laughing. Like I, I, <laughs> that was really my funny. wife and I for, I'd probably say like however long that scene is, it's probably only like two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is. I, I could not stop chuckling in that. It was just, it's just so infinitely charming. Paul Rudd is wonderful in this movie. The, the supporting cast is just having a, a great time and they're not trying to be like you were saying weighty and heavy and you know fighting and death and all that yeah. kind of stuff it really is not even about a lot of that at all it's just it's just fun man it is it is a comic book movie without the silliness. i mean there's silliness in it but i'm just saying it's not it's not it doesn't present itself as being corny or um you know it just really is it's good. It takes itself seriously, but at the same time, it's hilarious and funny. And there's that another scene that, uh, in, in this movie, just like in the first one, where Michael Pena's character <laughs> tells a story, and then the characters, you know, do the dialogue that he is actually speaking. It is, oh, I just find it charming and clever, and unlike anything else the Marvel universe is go- doing, I just, I really like these, man. I wish they, I hope they continue this because it's just. It's so quirky and weird. It's a character called Ant-Man. It's it's silly, <laughs> but it, it's so much fun. I just really had a good time. I really, really did. So, and from, that's the thing. I, I can't argue with a lot of what you said. You know, like yeah. I, I like I I don't disagree with anything you said. It's just uh, for me. I, I I don't know. I I wasn't won over by the charm, even though I did find it charming. It yeah. didn't fully pull me over. So. Um, I, I really appreciate the movie. I appreciate that it's offering something different. Uh, but you know, I I liked it, didn't love it. Yeah. No, I understand that. But I I think I'm I'm closer to that that I I loved it thing. Sure. I think I'm I'm just I I like the smaller charming. It look you said you didn't like the 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 bad guy in this. Yeah. The, the, but it's much better than the bad guy in the first Ant Man. I I think you'd probably agree with me. The first one didn't have had no. He was just evil, I just to be evil. Oh, okay. It took me a second. I genuinely forgot who the who the best exactly. guy was in the That's, first one. Yeah. yeah, and I think. But, but here, I will say, I'm I'm gonna forget very quickly who the bad guy was in this one. She she was very forgettable. Oh, and that's the funny thing. So you would say it's the girl, but I don't I don't know. I think that there it was fairly nuanced. I think there are two or three quote yeah. unquote bad guys in this, and it's not really about that. It really isn't. It's a, not. Yeah. It's not really about like I'm gonna go fight the bad guy now. It's it's about something else. There's there there's a reason that the entire yeah. scene is pretty simple. It's two characters, which are the Pims, the uh, uh, the Wasp and her dad, want something. And the entire movie is about that. And it's a mission movie instead an, of like a villain movie. And that's why I respected this so much more is because they sure. weren't trying to be like, and of course people get in their way. They get in their own way many times. So they are quote unquote, you say the villain, you know what I mean? And some, some, some moments where they get in their own way because my, you know, Paul Rudd's character does some stupid Mr. Miyago, whatever, st- silly, stupid stuff. But I'd still say like, if you think about the plot of this movie, what they want, it's super simple. And I think it's just the characters interacting, which is just what's so hilarious. It's a smaller movie. It's a character-based film where people are just, it's like a comedy. It's a, it, it is a, it's, it's a comedy is what it is. It's right. not an action movie. There's action in it. Of course, it's just a charming characters doing charming things and you laughing out loud. And for me, that's a good time at the theater, man. And uh, we should mention before going into details absolutely killer mid credit scene. You, you don't have to stay through the credits. The last scene in this movie is terrible. Yeah, it's I, terrible. I wish I wouldn't have stayed there, but the mid credit is amazing. Is, it, it felt like it was a 
it should have been a part of the movie. Like it just was yeah. so weird. It's so long. It's like a two minute long thing after the credit, like the, yeah, like you said, like the animated credits happen, but yes, it's very good. It's very good. And we, we, we need to talk about that in spoilers. For Absolutely. Just a few moments. We do. So yeah, that's all I got to say, man. It's charming. It's fun. It is definitely silly. There is not a lot of killing and death. It is much more kind of a, like you said, a mission movie. There's a mission that needs yeah. to be accomplished and things get in their way. I think I think what would make me like this movie more, and I, I think I said this about the first Ant-Man, yeah. is I, I think just a little bit more distinct style of humor maybe. Like it's just mm. kind of generic, generically funny, and, and it's still funny, but I just feel like there's nothing that really sets it a, apart. Um, like I, I think I, I appreciated – um, you know, Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Homecoming as comedies a little bit more than this one because they were they just were Oof. more uh, unique. Like Thor Ragnarok, that style of humor was so you know offbeat and and hilarious. And and I I didn't I don't think this one was quite to that level. I'm gonna say something that I shouldn't say because I think that it's going to you know, get a lot of heat. But I think I enjoyed this more than Homecoming. I real. I really do. Like, I, I understand, like, the character of Spider-Man, I get. Um, and, of course, it's much more important to the MCU. This has this movie could could not exist and the MCU would be fine. Um, but, right. But I think I enjoyed this movie more. Um, I, I just, I did. Thor Ragnarok. And another thing, too, Melody and I, uh, after this movie, this movie is fairly clean, too. Um, That's like, true. As we were watching it, there's a few curse words. Um, but nothing in nothing really harsh or insane. I may take you know my this might be one of the first uh, Marvel movies I let her watch. Um, the first one has way more stuff in it. This one is actually pretty pretty accessible, and I think I may have uh, my my oldest daughter watch this as one of her very first because it also has a female lead, and you know of course yeah. I think that's I think this might be one of the first ones I let her watch because it's not scary. There's not a whole lot of like like I said like violent like yeah. horrific stuff happening. Not a lot of cursing. Not a lot. And there's no like sex stuff. It's it's actually. I don't know, man. I, it's I liked it. <laughs> There's just a lot in it that I was like, oh hey, yeah, no, I respect it for for doing this and having a good time and being silly and like owning it. I just I don't know. I like that. So anyway, there I am. All right. Well, if that's all of our thoughts on Ant Man, before we move into spoilers, let's go ahead and give our kind of rating system here on the screeners, and that is whether you should see it in the theater, uh, whether you should wait to rent it at home, stream it on something like Netflix, or just skip it all together. Daniel, what say you? This week, you guys know I love The Rock, and this week we have Skyscraper coming out. Boom! I think it's a a safe bet that Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be better than Skyscraper. (laughs) So, yes, you should see this in the theater. It's It's a Marvel movie. Come on. Uh, They're always worth seeing in the theater. There's only one or two that have ever been truly bad. So this is good. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And I I agree with Chris. It's kind of one of the more family-friendly superhero movies out there. So, Mm. yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and check it out because it's good. Awesome. Okay, yeah, and I agree. I think you should see this movie in the theater. Yeah, if you're choosing this between this and Skyscraper, I haven't seen Skyscraper yet, but I think you're going to like this movie, especially if you got kids. They're kind of like 10, 11, 12, 13 or up. I think you're going to have a good time here. Uh, I think I think Ant-Man's, Ant-Man and the Wasp is worth seeing. All right, let's dive into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it wouldn't have ever occurred. 
to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, Daniel, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about that post credit stinger first? Yes, because that's about all I have an opinion on. Okay, uh, let's do <laughs> it. Let's do that. That that credit scene. So we see, so Scott gets shot into the quantum zone and uh, he's going to be taken back by the Pims. But oh no, Thanos got to them. That snap, man. Snap heard around the world. Yes. Uh, or uh, half the world didn't hear it. Uh, so what what did you think of them disappearing there and how they did that? I, you know, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Same. I, um, I just, I just, you know, that, that, that's what would, you know, obviously that's a major event. What I found very interesting though, was that it was very, if you had, if you hadn't seen Avengers, uh, or even if you had, you may not exactly have known what was happening. I feel like the effect looked different here than it did in the movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Uh, it just felt, it was like, wait, what, what? Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, that's the effect that we went with. The ash thing. I remember it being ash, but it just it felt like it would look different here. And maybe I'm just off on that. But um, I don't know. You know, it's gonna, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if there's... Didn't they say that the Ant-Man movie, like, his role in the next one is important? That's, that he wasn't there yeah. and there's a reason why he wasn't there and where he's going to end up is, like, important. So I guess the quantum level will play a role in what happens in the next Avengers film yeah that's the weird thing because i i heard the same thing that he's got a big role and um i don't know maybe they're just kind of screwing with us yeah that's what it feels uh, like yeah because i mean on, like genuinely how would he get out of there like there's no there's no way he would get out of the quantum zone and and so i mean what we all know is that in infinity war or in the second uh part of infinity war yeah this is all gonna be reversed anyway so it, it all feels just kind of Rant, pointless anyway because it's they're all just gonna be brought back and it's gonna be fine and and whatever so i think this is just more of they're gonna be brought back and then ant-man's role will be revealed hmm. interesting yeah i i don't know i i don't know i i i enjoyed the last avengers movie but i didn't like it as much as you guys did and it was it was fine it was a wonderful movie it was great but i just i'm having a hard time with this marvel like track here where they're going and 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 i don't know because then even the next marvel movie that comes out next year is um captain um uh, marvel and even that movie takes place before the events of uh the avengers film um so right you know i don't know i I just i'm having a hard time with all this i i almost could have done without the post credit stinger because it felt a little like oh that's cool that's neat yeah that's right that thing happened but what does this have to do with anything um has nothing to do with anything i wish wish another character would have shown up or captain marvel would have shown up that's what i was really hoping for was captain marvel you know an intro from her i'm like oh that's right we're leading into that thing but we already saw this event and i just assumed something like this had happened right yeah yeah, I mean, what I appreciated is that 
it, it tied it in. It kind of answered the question of where does this take place in the timeline? Because the whole rest of the movie didn't refer to the Avengers at all, pretty much, uh, except for vague references to Civil War. Right. Uh, I, actually, not so vague. I, I guess it was pretty clear that pretty, he was in house arrest. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah. Nice. They, they, they literally kept saying it throughout the entire movie, how mad yeah. they were at him <laughs> for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. So not vague. But, uh, you know, I... I I liked just tying it into the crazy epic events of Infinity War. Yeah. But I agree. I think what we're feeling are kind of the growing pains of an extended cinematic universe. This is the first one that ever existed. And now we're feeling kind of the the struggle of trying to juggle all of these different types of superheroes and having the big epic event film mixed with these smaller heroes and having to balance it all. So I, I agree. It's weighty, but... You know, it worked for me. I don't know. I, I just think the timing is odd. I just feel like, why wouldn't they just... This doesn't seem important. Like, there's there's no reason to have it in between the two Avengers movies. This could easily have happened afterward. Or, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do, but they've got to have something to kind of bridge the gap, you know? This doesn't bridge... Us- there's no bridge. This is... <laughs> there's no bridging of any gaps here. No, I, I don't mean story-wise. I just mean in terms of we have to wait for the next movie um, because those are two gigantic movies, so we might as well pepper this one in, you know, to give something different. Right, and that's what I'd say. Like, I just wish that then if 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 they're just, quote-unquote, peppering it in, I wish that it would be truly just disconnected. Like, rather than them trying to justify its space, just saying this is completely different. For me, it just feels tacked on, unnecessary, and not really leading to the next the next thing that it doesn't really it doesn't need to happen here this could this could have happened anytime this could have come out before like if if for that argument this maybe they should have come out you know whatever christmas or it could have come out uh whenever uh i don't know i just for me i just i'm frustrated with the whole avengers thing i wish it would be a little bit sooner and these two movies I felt like needed to justify to buy two movies. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel needed to justify them being in between this huge story being told. And I don't think this first one justified that. I think it seems a little nubby. It just feels like, Oh, it's just a nub off to the side really doesn't really doesn't mean anything uh, in the greater scheme of the MCU. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree, and that's, that's kind of, those were my problems with the movie itself because it felt light and, and it didn't, it didn't really. Well, that's the have problem. A greater importance. And you were expecting because it's a part of this bigger thing. Oh, it should be more important. And for me, I'm just like, no, no, they can do these silly things too. I just wish that <laughs> yeah. they didn't. Ha- it, you didn't have to feel that way. I just wish that they could go off and do their silly little thing, have an excellent movie. Because I feel like if DC came out with this movie people would be praising it to high heaven um, or anybody come out. With, I think this is a really well-made film. I think it's funny. Sure. It's clever. Great cast. Visual effects are awesome. All that stuff is really, and I'm sure it's, a, I don't know what the budget of this movie was, but surely it's less than even what Black Panther had. Um, sure, yeah. And so like, it just, for me, I just think it, it is enjoyable. And I think Black Panther is the exact same way. Like Black Panther maybe even did a better job of being off to the side and really just being its own thing. And I really enjoy those movies, but I think it's placement is where I have the difficulty with is because mm. 
after I've seen Infinity War, I want to see what comes next. And yeah. to throw this into it, it just feels like it's doing a, d- a disservice. And that's unfortunate for me because I think it's actually quite a fun, great movie. But because you're expecting Captain America, and they mention that over and you know what I mean? Like they, they talk about the fact that they're in that and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. They're all dead now. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and yeah. it's just for an audience, we're our audience. We, we don't, of course the characters aren't, living there in the moment that you know it happens at the very end of this film but for us as the audience it's already happened and so it just feels like the justification of where this sits when in, in its release ah, just does it a disservice because like you said it's a, you're expecting it to at least be a little bit more epic to tie in a little bit more an infinity stone should show up somewhere where is it you know what i mean like that's the unfortunate thing but what I'm glad about is uh, that they didn't repeat some of the mistakes from Ant-Man, from, from sure. the first Ant-Man. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my least favorite scenes in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is when Ant-Man meets the Falcon in oh, yeah. that first movie. Yeah. I hate that scene because it's so shoehorned in. Yeah. It's so, oh, we just have to show that it's a connected universe. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's awful and they didn't have that here they felt confident enough to just make some references and not show anybody else uh, any of the other avengers or anything else so um until that that uh, end credit scene which referenced infinity war yeah but even there there aren't any other there are no i don't think right are there Mm -hmm. any other no no no. yeah so i'm I'm glad for that it feels like they're more confident in the fact that they Mm -hmm. their brand works so that's good but i still think i still think the placement the justification does not work for me. Like them saying sure. this needed to come out after Infinity War. Oh no, no. yeah, no, way. no, it, no, it didn't. It really didn't. So there it is. So what about the rest of the movie? Uh, any, any other? How did you do? How did you like the whole thing about Michelle Pfeiffer's character and rescuing her there at the end? You know, it, it just all for me. I had a great, I had a good time with that that storyline. I thought. When you mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer, I instantly thought about the um, the anti aging effects they do in this movie, which yeah, are pretty so good. pretty stunning. <laughs> like seeing Michael Douglas look like he did twenty years ago was like whoa! Like, and it was way better than it was in the first film. I thought yes. the first one was fine, but here it looked great. And Michelle Pfeiffer, I was almost wondering. I'm like. Did they use anti-aging? Like, yeah. I, I think she just like, kind of looks pretty good for her age. I was like trying to figure out. It's you no, know, obviously they did, but it still is. It's subtle enough that yeah. it still works. It, it definitely, uh, you know, gets the idea across that what you're seeing is a younger that that actual actor, yeah. um, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, whatever whatever it was. I just was I was super impressed by that. As far as the story, the the plot line goes, again, like. You know, it's it's fine. It's serviceable. It is. You know, it's a rescue mission. They're going to get her. I I like the uh, when 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 she takes over Paul Rudd's body and and that she's like great. touching them on the face and Paul Rudd does an excellent job of like honing in Michelle Pfeiffer. Like I bought yeah. it. I thought it was actually quite charming and fun and like wow, this this is really good, guys. I I'm, I'm enjoying this moment. So I think yeah. what I would have liked more with the mission kind of movie, I I, I wish it felt more like a mission movie. Uh, uh, like to to me, this kind of felt like it was still a normal uh, Marvel movie. Obviously, it's, mm. you know, lower stakes, but just kind of the same. It was. It felt like it was trying to be a movie about them fighting a villain when really it was a, 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 about a mission. I, yeah. I wish they had just done something completely different, where the whole time they're just pursuing this mission. Yeah. Here, it just kind of felt like, oh, we need this part. 
Oh, now this person's getting the way of us getting this part. Yeah. Let's defeat that guy. Okay, great. We have this part. Okay, now we need this other part. Let's go get this. Oh, they're standing in our way again. Oh, crap. It was just kind of like, all right, you know, repetitive. We, we get it. That, that The ghost wants this thing, and uh, Walter Goggins' character wants to get you in trouble. And it was just kind <laughs> of, you know, it wasn't enough push with the mission. I, I understand that, but I still think the the actual... Um, how do I say this? Like the motivation of Ghost and the motivation of Lawrence Fishburne's character, which we haven't mentioned him. Yeah. I actually found that quite interesting. I wish we'd have spent a little bit more time. Walton Goggins' character, I could have pretty much lost and would have yes. been. But it, but it did lead to that wonderful chase sequence that was great. But Walton Goggins, I could have left out of the movie. But I think the complexity could have really been interesting of Ghost has been a, you know basically abused she has a reason for, you know, hating S.H.I.E.L.D. and anybody associated with them. And, you know, of course, Lawrence Fishman feels bad about that and wants to help her and be a father figure, but understands that she's also quite dangerous. And I that kind of felt interesting to me. It felt a little different than other stuff. You know, a ghost is not an evil person. She's just whatever ends justify the means she wants to stop the pain. And so she's going to do whatever she can to do that. But I, you know, I understood her character. I understood what she was going and what she was, what she was doing. It wasn't evil for evil's sake. If that makes sense, there was a motivation behind it. I would have, I would have loved to spend a little bit more time with her, understood her a little bit more. I think, I think I would have liked that a a bit more than having the two villains, the Walton Goggins character and, Mm and her so i don't know yeah i I think that's my problem i think they they you know i'm not gonna fight you too hard because i thought the movie was fine sure i I think that they they didn't develop ghosts enough they were kind of caught in the middle between three different things they were caught between ghost Uh walton goggins and this mission to get um michelle janet van dyne you know it was kind of like balancing all three of those things whereas if they had just focused on even one of those things, it could have been a stronger movie. But as is, like I said, it's it's a good, it's good, it's good, enjoyable, and fun. So you know, I don't have too many problems with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I do get that. But peppered in, and actually, maybe even the bigger enjoyment I got out of this movie was just the characters interacting. Yeah. That truth serum stuff. Oh, that's that so funny. Good. I mean, like all that stuff was just super. I, I, I couldn't tell like if that was a a thing that happened on, you know, there's so many of these moments that I couldn't tell. Is that a script thing? Is that something that Michael Payne just came up with? Like it's truth serum. There's no such thing as truth serum. Yeah, but he does this. He does this. He does this. It must be truth serum. It talks like a quacks like a duck and walks like a duck. It must be a duck. Like all that stuff was really good. You know what I mean? And, like, and, I, and Paul Rudd co-wrote the screenplay. So oh, yeah, okay, a lot yeah. of that classic Paul Rudd kind of uh, jokes <sighs> made it in there. So I, I, just, I did appreciate I, that. I just enjoyed that. If you enjoy that, this movie you will enjoy. I get you. I understand your your you know the the problems you have as far as you know the bad guys, the villains, the plot, all that stuff. Great. But if you enjoy hanging out with fun characters, it's very similar to like something like uh, what was that date? Not no game night, right? Where yeah. like it it it. Sure, it's about that thing, but more it's about like these characters interacting with one another and riffing off of one another, and like it's done well. It's actually clever, uh, great, you know, filmmaking, not just a simple, you know, silly low budget 
thing. This is actually well thought out with people who are at the top of their craft doing something at the top, I think, at the top of their game in, 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 a, in, a, in a genre that is oversaturated. I think this is kind of an interesting take. There we go. Th- that's go. all I'm going to say. That's it. I'm finished. <laughs> it's good. It's okay. good, you know. All right, let's wrap it up. Anything else and any final thoughts uh, for you, Daniel, before we uh, before we say goodbye to these fine folks? No, I don't think so. I think this is very well paired with Ant-Man. I feel like it, it, the, the qual- level of quality was pretty much matched. I, 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 I kind of I have a ranking on Letterboxd with all my uh, Marvel movies yeah. and how I rank them all. And I rank them side by side uh, because I think they're they're pretty equal in quality. And where where is what number? How many now are we at? That was our twentieth Marvel movie. Oh my! In ten gosh. years, yeah, it's crazy. Twenty right? in ten years. That is quite you know a pace. So Pixar uh, released Incredibles two, and that yeah. was their twentieth film, and this was also the twentieth Marvel. So Pixar has been around since ninety five and released <laughs> their twentieth film. Marvel's been around since two thousand eight and released their twentieth film. My goodness! Now wait a minute, Marvel Studios though. You're but but Marvel released what two movies before they became Marvel Studios, right? Because Hulk came out before. Mar- I don't know. It doesn't matter. That, that was in '08. So yeah. So '08 oh, wow. started started everything. Iron Man okay. and Hulk in 2008. Wow, that's amazing. That is super impressive. In terms of the actual placement on the list, I have, and you can follow me on Letterboxd uh, and Twitter. I've tweeted about it as well. But I have Ant-Man at 14 and Ant-Man and the Wasp at 15. So it's lower tier, but really, like I said, there's only two Marvel movies that I actually don't like, and that's Thor 2 and Avengers 2. Hmm. Uh, Everything else is is good or better. So um, these these are movies are good, even though they're lower tier uh, for me. They're still good. Got it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Screeners Podcast. Again, I will remind you, please join us on Facebook and Twitter. We are active there, uh, always sending out new information. And of course, you can uh, you can be there and get the latest information when our newest episode hits. If you have any comments, if you want us to know, that's the best way to interact with us too. Comment on this particular episode, uh, episode's post on Facebook, and we will make sure that we you know touch back with you and, and uh, interact. It's a lot of fun to be able to do that. All right, well, until we see you next time when we do our summer movie recap, we'll see you later. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.